Welcome to it, Chris Schmidt and uh, baseball standout for all levels. Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal. This is Triple Play with Herd at Sports, your go-to baseball pod. And fellas, good to see everyone. We've been interconnected for a while, but we said, hell, let's just do it. Let's get a baseball pod going, Jabba. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I got I got two of the greatest people around me. I got I got an umpire and broadcaster of the year. So why not? Let's let's go ahead and do it, right? Yeah, and I think it's funny how it got laid out there, where it's we got Nebraska broadcaster of the year Chris Schmidt alongside World Series champion, former Husker, former Yankee, former Tiger, Java Chamberlain, and average high school umpire Elijah Herbal. I got. I know. Hold on, you're you're beyond average. You've worked a lot of games. You've got a beyond average mustache for that authority i mean it's you're beyond average i like that guys uh excited to do this we've been uh plotting and scheming for probably a year to get mm-hmm. this thing going and excited to be with her at sports for triple play the idea for this is to to hit your major league uh heaters right we'll hit all things major league baseball we'll talk a lot of nebraska baseball and java near and dear to our hearts uh, yours too elijah high school sports in the state of nebraska on the diamond really really cool and we've seen so much growth progress and talent over the years in the state of nebraska playing uh playing baseball yeah i mean it's 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 something that i'm i'm super excited love love talking baseball obviously but being able to uh, to be with you guys and like get a different perspective and, and give give our fans something that that we haven't seen in the state of Nebraska and you know what the, the opportunity to to share the state of Nebraska with everybody else as well and her dad's been obviously just gracious enough to to us in the things that that we want to do and we have the opportunity to do something really cool and talk about it. And it's, it's a great time for baseball and we've seen some things that have happened and it's, 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 it's a really a good time to be able to do it. Well, this is the best time of year. It is uh, the fall classic on the doorstep. You got the ALCS, the NLCS, some surprises, Jabba and Elijah with how the regular season went uh, all things up for grabs in postseason. Your top three big dogs eliminated, and we're down to that final four, Philly and Zona in the National League. The Rangers, my brother has been a Rangers fan. Shout out Uncle Mark. Uh, with, with no, Nolan Ryan, brother. Like, he loves him some Nolan Ryan. Got him a lithograph for his 12th birthday, and, and Uncle Mark loves him. The Rangers, he's loved him forever. Still smarting about the World Series, missed opportunity uh, a bit back. And uh, as a kid, I got this little uh, pillow doll before the jokes fly in. It was from <laughs> it was from cousin Dino, but it was it was an Astro. It was a Houston Astro player. It, was, it looked like Nolan Ryan. So uh, a little bit of Astro love back in my past. More so Oilers, love you blue, uh, than than Houston. But hey, they're uh, they're kind of the black hat. And yet they're back at it. But how about this? Like, have, have you seen the story of Mattress Mac? Oh, can, yeah, I love him. And I, I, I've had him on a show before, and he literally, like, so he's up for, like, $43.4 million if the Astros win again? <laughs> Jeez. Like, I mean, really? Like, the dude just doesn't stop. He does not stop. Like, his love, 
And did you see he was supposed to throw out the first pitch, but Mattress Firm like blocked him because they're like one of their components. And I'm like, they're 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 a, they're a competing sponsor, right? Big like, match, really, like big match. You hear all the time about big for your team, and you, he can't even throw out the first pitch. Well, he'll he'll try and collect, but uh, Jabba, start with you and get your thoughts here on this wild postseason. And uh, a thought here as we kind of preview the ALCS, Texas, and Houston. Houston, old guard, Seeger and Simeon, as good as you get up the middle with power and average. And uh, your, dear, your dear, dear friend, Max Serger, could be added to the, uh, the, the roster here. Uh, we'll know more later on. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously Marcus Simeon and, and what he's done, like, I mean, he's literally missed less than five games in the last five years. You got a dude that plays 162. That's, I mean, it's it's incredible. And with Seager and, and seeing what they've done and, and with the Rangers and the aspect of what they have done in CY, who was a teammate of mine in, in Kansas City and, and just – the way he thinks about the game is completely different. When you bring in a guy like Bruce Bochy, like that's, it's a field guy. Like he's a baseball dude. And I think when you listen to Dusty Baker, when he was talking and Dusty was like, I'm looking forward to this because that's two baseball minds. And you got Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. Like they're not an analytical person. They're not. They have the people to do it, but they go off feel. And and that's why I'm super excited about this series. And I know I know everybody likes to tell me, like, are you excited to see the Astros again after this the seventh time they've been there? Well, no, that, that's kind of my, my game preview is I'm diving into the analytics, trying to find a reason why I think the Rangers are going to win because every single year, that's what you try to do. You try to find a reason that it's not the year for the Astros. And every single year, it feels like over the past almost decade, the Astros, they don't care. They just go get it done anyway. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's Verlander's 35th career postseason start. He already set the career record for most postseason strikeouts with 236. And now he's setting another record with most, game one starts in 13. So you have you have a team that's been there, it's done that, and with a manager that's been there and done that and just sits there calm, cool, and collected with his toothpick and his hands on, you know. It's, <laughs> he's got his wristbands on and he's doing what he's doing. And But I think he, he has, on the other side, a guy that is the same, where he's going to go along field, and what it is, but if we're previewing the aspect of of what the Astros Rangers series is, obviously we're going to get Ver. We're going to see it. Do we know what Max is going to do? Do we think Max is going to start Game Three behind Avaldi and Montgomery? Do do you do you run him out there as a starter? Like he's thrown he's thrown two sim games and a bullpen. Do you run him out there as a starter or do you run him out there in the pen knowing Max and playing with him? Well, I mean, it, it, for me, he hasn't thrown in over a month. I think you ease him. I think you ease him in, but he's the, he's the doctor. You know, you ask him what he wants to do and then you, you gauge that with what, 
position your team's in, right? You know, as you go through the series, you ease them in. And then if you got to go back to him in a start, you, you, you do that. I mean, is that simple enough? The thing that, that I'm interested in too is uh, your star's got to perform this time of year. And we, we touched on Seeger earlier, but his ability to get on base, be disciplined at the plate, we're talking 680 on base percentage is incredible. That's 11 walks. They got enough boppers around him in the lineup to get him home. That's what's happened. But he's been one of the stars that has sparked. I mean, you know that we, we hear about Alvarez and, and Harper. Yeah, those guys we'll get to in a little bit. But no, uh, could, you know, what, what star power really steps forward in this spotlight? I mean, that's going to be key. And, and you've lived it. I mean, you've lived it. You've gotten rings doing it. You've been a part of that. And guys are just different this time of year. They got to be performance-wise, but it's also a mentality. Well, and thus far in the postseason, it's been the Rangers that have been exceeding expectations and stepping up to the moment. That that starting pitching staff has looked fantastic, and that's without Max Scherzer, without John Gray. They've still been pitching fantastically, and it's going to be an interesting matchup to me. And I mean, obviously so many baseball games come down to this, but the Rangers starter, once they, they get turned over to the middle of that Astros order, because the middle of the Astros order with Jose Abreu, he played so well in the ALDS. You have Jordan Alvarez, who's been fantastic all year long. That's where you think that maybe the Astros can can make some something happen against the Rangers in this series. And you wonder if they start getting some momentum early in the series with that middle of the order, if that could take away from what what Texas has been doing all postseason long thus far, which is really exceed expectations and and kick the hell out of everyone that they play. And you wonder what, where the Astros spark is going to come from to try to derail that just a little bit. Because the Astros, they had the control in the, the season series between these two teams. They look like the better team, but they haven't played the, the Rangers while they're clicking and playing as hot as they are right now. So you wonder if they're going to be able to find a spark. Because if they do, I don't think anyone wants to bet against the, the Astros in October. If they can find that spark against the Rangers, if they get a, a game one victory, uh, over the Rangers, I don't think anyone's going to bet against the Astros. But if the the Rangers can keep that hot pitching going, oh man, that that team as a whole—I mean, to me, from the outside looking in—I think the Rangers are the more complete team from top to bottom. But it's the Astros with that postseason experience. If they can get something going early in this series, you never want to bet against them. And I I will I will beg to differ on that top to really? bottom because. You have an Astros bullpen, and Brian Abreu hasn't given up a run since July 18th. Like, literally hasn't given up a run in almost three months. And then you got Hector Neris, and then you have Ryan Presley, who is 13 for 13 in postseason saves. So you have that back end, but then you have the back end with LeKirk and Chapman with the Rangers that you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. So I... Elijah, I will argue with you that the complete team is more the Astros. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody would, when they listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, really? You're going for the Astros? I'm not going for the Astros. I'm just saying, if you go top to bottom, you have everything that they've done. And we'll, we'll touch on everything else as well. But the Astros, when you've got a dude that has literally the most career postseason strikeouts, the most game one starts and literally gets you off on the right foot. Like it's a, it's, it's a seven game series. There's a lot that can happen, Schmitty. And you know that, and it can happen. And then 
like we touched on earlier, Scherzer could be the game changer for the Rangers in what they, he does. Well, in his experience, his greatness, something that, that you've been keen on, Jabba, Elijah, you've weighed in on this too, when we've just shot the breeze, has been those early inning runs, right? You want to get off on a it, – it's – hey, you hear it in all forms and facets of sports, football, baseball. Now you shoot an early in basketball, but you look at what the starters' ERAs have been this postseason, you're at four and a half. You look at what the relievers have been able to do with the teams that have continued to stay alive, just under three. Uh, that's been the difference. That's been the difference with the teams that have been able to move on. It makes a ton of sense. It's kind of obvious, but easier said than done when you're facing a would-be bulldog uh, uh, to, to start the ball game. I mean, uh, the, the pitching uh, rotations are a lot of the reason why these teams are where they're at. Well, uh, you've had teams that have been tremendous at getting up early, uh, Texas for sure. Uh, and then when when Houston battled back for Minnesota after that that first ball game, you flip it around Philadelphia. We'll get there in a minute. They've been great out of the gate too. And can that trend continue? And and you know on the other side of it, who's who's going to be able to 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 bust up some bullpen work? And if you have to come from behind, you know who can do it? Who's who's best suited to do that uh, between Texas and, and Houston? as we close out some ALCS thoughts here, if you have to come from behind, what offense you're betting on Java? I mean, I'm obviously I'm betting on the Astros. I mean, and, and that's probably not to our, to our fan work and what everybody. That's wants all right, man. <laughs> and it's literally, I, I know my son doesn't want to hear it either, but we have buddies on that team and, and cards like, I don't want them to win, but if it happens, Michael Brantley and, and Justin Verlander are good friends of ours. But when you talk about what they've done, if we're breaking up the back half of the bullpen, the Astros haven't broke. Mm. Ryan Presley has not broke. Brian Abreu has not broke. But let's look at LeClerc finally got back as the closer of the Rangers, right? Who knows what Chapman's going to do? <laughs> because we've seen it. Everybody has. I mean, he gave up a homer to Rajay Davis when he was with the Cubs and the Indians. So, I mean, it's just, I think if if we're going what breaks, Schmitty, like you said, I think it's first and foremost, I, I, I think it's the Rangers in that aspect. I think Evaldi mm. is is a stud. Is I mean, his, his numbers prove it. I mean, he's six and one. Like the guy's just he he literally he he pulled one of those CC Sabathia moments when, when he went to the Brewers and finished all those CGs. Nate was a free agent and pitched in three games in the postseason out of the bullpen. And then the Red Sox paid him off. Hmm. And he earned it. So we know he like he's a gamer. We've we've seen it. Um and I, I think it's going to be one of those things where who breaks first? And I think if it gets to the bullpen, I think it's the Rangers. Mm. Let's hit NLCS, Philly, <laughs> Diamondbacks. I want to go back and just get Jabba's potential X factor in this series and whatever you're looking at, the, the potential breaking point for each of these teams. Obviously, 
with the the Rangers, it's that back end with the bullpen. With the Astros, I look more towards that starting rotation. Can the Rangers crack that early in this series? But what to you or, or maybe a couple of guys that you think could be potential X factors in this series, guys to watch if they perform well, you think their team could win. And if uh, if they don't perform well, it could be a quick series. I don't think it's going to be a quick series at all. But oh, yeah. what, I, what I also think, too, is if you can literally – slow down Jordan Alvarez right now. And it, it's going to be one of those things. And, you know, we can talk about this. And, you know, it was a, it was a great article uh, that I read by uh, Mike Petronello. And with days off, so four days or more, since, so he, he did this article on MLB and, since 04 to 22, not counting 2020 with the COVID and all the other mm-hmm. stuff, teams that had four days of rest are 28 and 37. Ooh. The rest versus Ooh. the rust, baby. <laughs> and that and that's the thing. And that, and that was part of his article. And, and Mike does a great job. And, and it's like, you know, just just seeing that and like what he went into it with, and literally, so since 95, since the wild card started, there's all, two of just 11 teams have started the postseason 5-0. and And we've got one of them. Mm-hmm. Eight of those nine have gone on to the World Series. The only one was 2020. The Braves lost to the Dodgers, who the Dodgers were – one of those teams and Dodgers ended up winning. And so it's, I mean, that X factor in what it is, is it, is it a person? Is it days? Mm. Is it rest or rust? Like Schmitty said, like, what is it? Mm. I think we'll have a clearer picture of that on Sunday night now, won't we? Well, we're going to find out, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, animal that is Philadelphia Philly fan uh, has been on cloud nine. It is intimidating Jabba. It's electrifying. It's all those things that make great baseball atmosphere theater and uh, Philly back in it. Harper has been a machine. He's a ton of fun to watch. He's got the personality. He's got the flair. He's got that red ass right with, uh, taking something uh, as benign as uh, a wrong look or even a uh, off, off-tempo off clap from a post-game presser to uh, really driving Philly uh, forward. And then you've got the Diamondbacks who, uh, oh, welcome back, Zona, <laughs> as it's been a while. And, and they're, they're veteran they're a, a nice story. They're out of a, a, a really good division and they have found their way through the magic of, of the wild card to make this a pretty intriguing series on, on paper. They don't play it on paper, but on paper, I mean, Phillies should be finding their way to the world series. Uh, the diamondbacks will, will make them work for this. You have also the factor too of, all right, you just got by Atlanta, and that was a, a slugfest. 
can you um, can you recalibrate and keep pushing to get to that World Series berth again if you're Philly? What do you like about this matchup? I mean, I, I think it's a great matchup. And first and foremost, like it's it's two guys that I played for, you know, with with Kevin Long and, and Rob Thompson. And, you know, it it took Tom's 59 and a half years to be a manager and, and he deserved it long before that. And he is he is somebody that that I admired for a long time. And, and Kevin Long has has roots here with his wife and and things like that. But I, I just think it's. Just seeing what they've done. I mean, you have guys step up. Like, I played with Nick Castellanos in Detroit, and such a great dude. And, like, it, it's been crazy to see. I mean, the first player ever to have back-to-back multiple home run games. And then you got Bryce Harper, who hits three home runs. He goes six for 13, and just absolute – dude's a monster. And like, and it's, it's literally, you know, it was, it was I, I saw this on Elias sports and Sarah Langs shout out to Sarah Langs. She's a stud. She is awesome. And a team has won nine straight games that he's homered in. And when Bryce Harper homers, it's, it's a win. Like the dude is the dude's a winner. And, you know, it's, you know, coming back from what he did and, and still competing it, the dude's a monster like and he he literally beat one of my favorite players ever in chipper jones for the most division homers with 10 and he he's he's tied with carlos correa and bernie williams with 10 and it just the dude knows don't don't wake a sleeping dog like i know it got out and whatever happened and this that and another thing and we can talk about it. There's been stories here and there, but that's not our show. Our show is just talk shit and let's 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 have at it. <laughs> and it's it is just like that's that's who we are though. As baseball players, that's what we do. But at the same time, it's like let it lie. I don't care if anybody's around, you know, it do it at home. Then nobody can say anything. And it, it's just you you don't do that and it, it's it's something that the, the Phillies and literally they are so good at home they're 10 and 2 in the last 2 years in the postseason and when you want to talk about home field advantage it, it's it's one of the best and i've experienced it firsthand and it it is it is something special but do i think the D-backs have something to prove i do I do, and, and and they've got Zach Gallon that's going to go. And Zach Gallon is a absolute stud. Knows how to pitch, goes about his business the right way. And you win game one as the D-backs, I think that changes. Oh, the- abs- absolutely. I mean, it, you want to talk about pre- – and I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, that that is your – that is your battle of the bulge, so to speak, right? Where you get that game one and it, it shifts mentality. It increases a little pressure. Phillies thrived in big moments, but okay. How are they? If they're, uh, if they're, if they're having to come from behind series wise uh, and get, gets Java, you know, this man, it gets a little tighter. If you're, if you're down, 
so I, uh, yeah, I think that that game one Elijah is is uber critical here for the for the snakes here in this series, whether it's a long series, a tight series, or a short series because of Philly's muscle. And I think so much on paper is advantage Phillies with the home field advantage. I mean, their bullpen, they have what, six or seven guys in their bullpen that are throwing 96 plus and just, I mean, they just got turned to that bullpen against probably the best offensive team in baseball this year and held them scoreless across four innings to go clinch that series in game four. The bullpen came in, it was fantastic, but they're now going up against a team that's probably been the hottest offensive team in baseball so far this postseason with the Diamondbacks. And I'm not sure many people were expecting that, but Corbin Carroll has been absolutely fantastic for this Diamondbacks team, kind of setting the stage for the rest of the order. And I don't know, it's, uh, it's, that that confidence and that that swag, the mojo that the Diamondbacks are playing with, you wonder if the Phillies bullpen is going to be able to shut that down because I think there is going to be a lot of pressure on the Phillies bullpen here with the amount of guys that they have that they're going to turn to a lot of different guys in this series try to slow down that Diamondbacks offense. We're on the other side. I think it's a case of a Diamondbacks rotation that's going to need quality starts and they're probably going to try to slim down that rotation just a little bit and and keep it to their their trusted arms, which it's won some teams posts seasons in the past got some some teams some world series rings but you worry about it in this series with the firepower that that phillies offense has and i I don't know so much on paper to me i I think when you look at the rangers and the astros series i see that as a a 50 50 type series where i think it's advantage rangers i know Jabba, you might disagree with me on that but it's uh it's the 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 postseason experience with the astros you look at this one over here and it's the, the hot team in baseball with the Diamondbacks. I don't want to bet against them right now, but you look at the experience and the star power in that Phillies lineup, and it's tough to argue against that. I have a, a much tougher time, I think, predicting this this NLCS, excuse me, this ALCS as opposed to the NLCS just because of, of the star power with the Phillies, but then you have a team that's probably the hottest team in baseball. I, I'm having a, a tough time trying to figure out which of these two teams I like more. Well, and it, it's it's crazy with the D-backs, and, and obviously Corbin Carroll is, is an absolute monster. Yeah. Like, he literally, he set a record. He hit 412 in the DS. He went 7 for 17, and he reached base safely 13 times. Set a record. Obviously, rookie of the year, the dude's a monster. Mm-hmm. You got Alex Thomas in the same aspect that that guy is coming up and, and, and doing the same thing. But obviously, as as great as they are, I, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see as a team that's done something that's never been done in the postseason. Hit four homers in a game. It's never been done. And like I said before, when we talked Guy hits one foul and then it's another homer, right? That was magic. <laughs> I mean, it, it's and, and it is what it is. But I, I will not doubt the D backs at this point. Like I know the Phillies coming in with the pedigree, and you know their their bullpen and and the way. But Tori Lavello. In the same aspect, I think it's going to be a Dusty Baker, Bruce Bochy game. I think it's going to be a Tori Lovello, Rob Thompson game. I think it's how they manage the pitching staff and how they pull and do everything between them. 
like and, and that's one thing that i think a lot of people we have four managers that are baseball guys not analytical people not nothing i understand that that's part of the game now but you've got four dudes that are baseball guys that are going out and they're going to put their nuts on the line and ride with their dudes and that makes me excited for this let me get who's going to be right right who's going to be right who's going to be right who's going to be right with their gut at this time of year it's almost a chess match with that and one of the things that i think and i'm going to be watching for with with the diamondbacks is that opportunity to get zach gallon out there three times this series if it's an extended series seven games which is kind of where i'm expecting this series to go you think they throw him out there three times because he's just so dangerous you have the the phillies lineup they're a little strikeout heavy at times and that's where Zach Gallon really thrives. Do you think that they're going to be ready to, to throw him out there three times this series? I mean, that's, that's like I said, I mean, it, it's whose nuts are on the line and what are you going to do? And Elijah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great question. Has he ever done it before? Hell no. Like, no, he hasn't. Um, nobody can say that, that, that that's an easy thing to do because – you know, we'll have guys on. We can talk about like, hey, you you pitched in the seven game series three times. Like, no, that's that's just not something that is realistic. But you have dudes that are dudes that'll do it. Do I think? Do I think it's going to go seven? I'll agree with you, not Elijah. I I think this is this is going to be a dog fight, and I I think a lot of people are obviously probably going to pick the Phillies in the in the way things are going, but. Nobody picked the D-backs anyways. 84 wins, like, man. And then you go and sweep the Dodgers. Great. Yeah, here we go. So well, I can think their, it's, yeah. As I say, can their offense stay hot? Because it's out of character for them with their, their power surge. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, but they have, a, they have a lot of young talent with a lot of old talent. That's and a great thing. Old and not meaning old with the aspect of what it is, but you know, you got Corbin Carroll, Alex Thomas, you got Evan Longoria, Kendall Marte, Moreno. Moreno's a stud behind the plate. Wonder how his hand's doing after he got smoked in it because he came out of the game after he hit the homer. And it's, it's everything that they have. I, I don't think there is an issue with them because of the guys they have. Like Longo is a good friend of mine and he's, he's a stud. I mean, he's still doing it at third base and, you know, lead them into doing certain things and, and not getting complacent. And then it, it, it starts with the young cats with, with Corbin Carroll and, and what he's been doing. And, and, you know, you, you just see everything that goes on with, with what, they've done when nobody expected, but it, it all starts at the top. It all starts at the top. Java Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. This is triple play heard at sports baseball pod for you. Java. I wanted to, to take us to postseason, and we talk about these big moments. You just touched on the youth of Arizona mixed in with that old guard. That's been there and done it before. It's, it's a, it's a great uh, way to have uh, your team chemistry wise and let's go there from your post postseason experience 
being able to come in and, and do your role as a young guy in those moments. You've lived it and uh, excited to kind of get your perspective because Arizona's got to go get production from it. And um, uh, that's that's one one point I want you to hit on, if you could, just uh, being uh, new uh, to this element and stage. I, I think it's I think it's stupidity, ignorance, and not knowing any better. Like you, you get to it, and it was it was funny listening to Nick Castellanos in in his interview when he said it's different from the regular season to the postseason. And it's everybody always says the same game, the same game, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. And it, it was it was nice to hear that because it is completely different. It, it, it is. I mean, we play 162 in the regular season, the regular season. Postseason is a different animal. It, it, it's just different because you don't want to go home. You don't want to go home. As much as you want to see your kids and see your family and everything, it's completely different. And so I, I think, like I said, with the ignorance and just the stupidity of what it is when you're young, you don't know any better. Can you, you keep it that – can you keep it that – mindset though where it's just the same game i love i grew up playing i'm gonna go have air quote fun in this moment versus letting the moment do it to you i think yes and no i think you still have to soak it up like literally i've ne i never touched a chalk line in my life mm -hmm. never did when i got to nebraska Mike Anderson said, the only time you can ever touch a chalk line is if you're in the World Series. I'll never forget before the game, I took about five minutes for myself. When we got to the World Series, I took five minutes to myself. Shed a couple tears just because I never thought I'd get there. I put both of my feet on a chalk line for the first time and probably the last time. I'll never do it again and sent that picture to my dad, my son, and Mike Anderson. Mm. And I said, I did it. And that is that is something that I've, I've shared with my son as, as a baseball player and, you know, the things that he's going through and, and what it is, but that is just something that's precious to me and in and, and that aspect. And can you keep it? Yes, I think you can. I think you can. And, the stupidity and the ignorance of these young kids. It's like, I'm still playing. Like, I don't really know what's going on yet. I'm still a rookie. Corbin Carroll's going to win the rookie of the year. It's obvious. But he, he hasn't played long enough to understand, like, the magnitude of what he's actually doing. Because you don't in the moment. Because you can't. You can't get out of the moment. You can't get out of the moment. And if he does, he's not going to be Corbin Carroll. Like, he, he's not. And, you know, he's going to have guys like Longo and Kendall Marte and, and guys like that to, to make sure that just be you. We'll take care of everything else. That's the way it's supposed to be. Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, triple play. Baseball pod for you. 
with Herd at Sports and uh, plenty of baseball to come next week as we'll drop another pod as we get caught up on the ALCS and LCS. Fellas, Nebraska baseball wait, wait, wrapping wait, 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 up. Wait, 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 Smitty, I think, are, are we going to lock in some predictions here for the ALCS and the NLCS? I feel like we are have we gonna, to. Are we, are we going to do it now? I feel like we have to. I mean, what, what other time can we? All right, sure. That's fine. Uh, give me Philadelphia in six. Give me Houston in seven. Ooh. I'm going to go D-backs in seven. Okay. Staking a beer bet? <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in 100%. And I'm going to go – this is probably going to go against me. I'm going to go Stroh's in five. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to go Phillies in seven, and I'm going to go Rangers in six. Okay. Damn, Elijah's going to be paying for a lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'll grill him. (laughs) Take back with me in two weeks. That's right. Elijah's going to keep his receipts. Now, Now we get to Husker baseball, and let's dive in. Uh, Red, white scrimmage in series uh jabba you got rob at the helm now rob childress uh with nebraska pitching you got an exciting young guy in in drew care uh, dylan carey for sure and i meant drew carey forgive me price is right fans uh <laughs> drew, drew uh christo hey, some, some of us go back to the uh, whose lines of anyways days with uh, with drew carey Smitty. You got uh, Christo that, that had a good fall. And then a couple of young guys we can highlight, too. Max Butenbach, a big fan of the Butenbach family, and, and Max, his talent level. And then Will Jeske also uh, going yard during that red-white. But uh, spend a few minutes here on the Husker Baseball Outlook Java. Some of your impressions, bud, with uh, the young and uh, some of the guys that, that really could pop this upcoming season for Will and company. Yeah, I think it was it, it was nice to to be able to be able to watch. I mean, mind you, it was just just a back view and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll get those guys on and, and we'll have deeper conversations. But I think the way they swung the bat, I think there's there's opportunity there. I think there's a lot of opportunity for the young kids, um, you know, Will doing what he does, seeing if there's a place for him, you know, Max doing what he did. I, I just I love the aspect of of what they what they did and and the red team winning and they had to get served dinner and the white team literally had to have beans and weenies like that I mean that's hilarious <laughs> like it is fortune beans yeah and you know what like some of these kids I'm like I grew up on that like let's go like I didn't have any money like that was that was a delicacy to us. But no, I, I think I think the camaraderie and I think what they're building there, we have a chance. And and we we all know that the Big Ten's not the greatest baseball conference, but we have a lot of really good talent, a lot of really good kids that that can compete and, and win. And and not only win at that level, but win at the next level too. And you know, we've, we've got the right people at hand. I, I think personally, and I'm very biased on this, and I mean, shit, it's our podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. But I think Rob Childress is the glue that puts that together. 
Mm-hmm. I know I know Will's great, and don't get me wrong, and, and Jeff was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was my catcher and, and is a great baseball mind, but Rob's on a different level. Rob's a different person. He just he sees things differently. He's a proven winner. Proven winner. You, you can't take anything away from that. And I just I think Rob is is the game changer for our program. And I'm I'm so thankful and so glad that he's here. And I think it's not only going to help Will, but it's going to help the entire program and what it does. And it's, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have him on for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll I'll either tie him up and hold him down so he comes on and gives us at least, you know, five, ten minutes on our pod. But, um, no, we'll get him on. And I I think think he's the game changer for our program. Job, I want to get your thoughts here because there's a lot of of newer names in that Husker baseball uh, pitching room. And whenever you, you look at those names, I think there's going to be a lot of chances for some younger guys to get some, some significant innings here this year. And I want to get your thoughts. What is Rob Childress going to be looking for from these pitchers as you make it through fall baseball into the spring? What's he going to be looking for from guys to, to see if, if he's going to be able to trust them on the bump in big time moments? How big your nuts are? <laughs> Literally or figuratively? Care. Does not care. <laughs> We worked on pitching mechanics one time when I was a prop. One time. All he wants you to do is compete. He wants you to compete, go out and give you, give me whatever you got. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it is. He, he is a dude that I, that I love, and, and it's, it's what I built my career on. Is I am who I am. I mean, for goodness sake, Rob made my entrance song. I didn't even do it. He did it. And he he's he's that dude. Like he is that dude. Like I literally will never forget, you know, Cart was at camp and Rob was throwing to my son. Hannah, his daughter, was right next to me and we're sitting there and she goes, "Does this look familiar cuz she's with her daughter?" I go, yeah, because now your dad is throwing to my son. I was watching you when your dad was with me. Now I'm watching you with your kid and your dad is throwing to my son. Mm. And that's, it's the craziest thing and it's the coolest thing. But at the same time, it's like, what Rob looks for is intangibles that you can't put on paper. And I can tell you this as a man that's gone through it. And I played with plenty of dudes that went to Texas A&M with Rob Childress. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And if you lay everything on the line and that's all he wants. How does he bring that out of you? How does he challenge you? How does he demand excellence, but, but get that excellence, dude. I mean, how, how does, you can tell me that he's going to, going to get you to compete. That's phenomenal. And and that's, what's going to win. But what, from a coaching standpoint, the button pushing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears for how that gets drawn out of a player. I think there's, there's two aspects of it. He's the first one to bury you. And he's the first one to put his arm around you. Okay. (laughs) And that, and that's it. Like, the one thing I'll always remember about him is he 
he gets after it. He he demands that you work. Like he sets a standard of what it is, and but I think his presence, and and that's something you can't describe. But you don't want to let him down. Like it's like your dad. Mm-hmm. You don't want to let him down. And he always, and the thing that like always reassured that was we had a 10-game recap. How did we win OO battles? How do we win the 1-1 battles? And it was a 10-game recap every week. After every 10 games, he'd pull us aside as a staff. And the thing about it is he always presented himself in the way where it was never, like, demeaning or whatever, but, like, you didn't want to let him down. And if he busted your ass, he would be the first person to put his arm around you and be like, you know why I did that? And that just made you want to run through a wall for him because, yeah, we we all suck at times. But we don't want to keep sucking. And tell me the reason why I suck. And he would literally be the first person. And it's just watching him now and and with my son and the things that he's doing i think he's he's gonna get so much out of it and 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 not to say jeff did a bad job because jeff did not but i rob's a different dude he's just he's different and i think will adding him was was huge for this for this program and i and i think it i think it's going to show Elijah Jabba, there's there's to throw out there. There's some young guys on this staff that you're 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 really anxious to see perform, and you know what kind of impact can they have, and how can they be shaped from a Rob Childress? Because what was Nebraska's issue last year? Well, it, it wasn't offense. I mean, the offense put up a lot of. A lot of numbers, a lot of crooked numbers. The offense put up a lot of numbers during the midweek games. The midweeks, what kept you out of postseason, arguably. I mean, when you look at RPI, and the offense has got to got to be consistent, continue to be consistent. You got to replace a lot of power with um, with Max gone, and I'm interested to see how, how that reload if that reload happens but but your arms man your arms got to be talented and in the difference and you're going to see that sh- you might see that shift of an offensive minded team uh to more uh pitching based and more pitching dominant that's how you you win ball games this year for nebraska well really the only pitcher in the old guard that that remains is kyle perry and Kyle Perry's had his ups and downs as a, as a Husker. Um, but he remains. And other than that, it's a lot of new faces. Maybe you could throw a Jackson Brockett in there as well, but there's some guys that have been around that need to step up despite the fact that they're not new. They haven't been on the field all that much. Like look at Drew Christo. That's a guy that is built like a major league pitcher. And he had a lot of, of pro aspirations coming out of high school. Can he take that next step under Rob Childress and be a guy? Another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing this year is Tucker Timmerman. I got the chance to umpire him in a district baseball game a couple of years ago. And that dude impressed the hell out of me. He was 
some stupid ERA under 0.5 on the year, <laughs> like across like, like 0.39, how you know, I think. You know, it was stupid. It was it's my stupid. GPA. I mean, I yeah, like, it was good. It was gold. <laughs> I was excited to watch him pitch that day, and and this was him as a as a high school junior. So we'll see how it translates to the college level. What I was really impressed by was his ability to step in there and throw strikes through damn near a complete game because. It wasn't the most overwhelming stuff. He's not going up there and touching mid-90s with his fastball. I think it was probably somewhere in the upper 80s. But, man, could he put that thing exactly where he wanted it. He was painting the corners with his fastball. He had a, a nice slider he was mixing in there as well. I think it was a slider. may have been a curve, but uh, I think it was the slider. He was mixing in that as well. But his placement and his control over all his pitches was astounding. If he can add a, a couple miles per hour in a freshman year with some strength and conditioning – I'm really excited to see what he can do because, I mean, it's uh, it's fun being a high school umpire, seeing some of these guys be able to to step up and, and make the jump up to Husker baseball. Another guy in the team, uh, Jalen Wordley. We've watched his brother play for East this year, play quarterback Jeter Wordley. He's going off to Michigan here eventually. But Jalen's a guy I got an umpire for back in the day as well, and it's so fun to see these guys make the next step. And I'm really excited to see what Rob Childers can do with these guys because opportunity abounds in the Husker pitching room uh, this season. A lot of new faces, a lot of new names, a lot of guys that have a chance to make a first impression or a second first impression when you think of, of Drew Christo. And uh, a lot of names, I'm just really, really excited to see what they can do under Rob Childers because it's so hard to call right now what that that pitching staff is going to look like when spring rolls around. There's going to be a, a lot of impressing that can be done this winter and through early spring. And I'm excited to see who can step up and be a dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of guys that, that have an opportunity and especially like you, know, you point out Drew Christo and had a great summer, great summer. Does that translate and what does, what does Rob do in, in that aspect of them being them? Like, and I, I think that's another thing that I didn't like Rob brings out the best in you. Like he lets you be you. And like I said, I only worked on mechanics one time. My mechanics were horseshit, but it worked. Went 10 and two. And it was just one of those things where he brings the best out of what you have. Like he doesn't try and reinvent the wheel. Like we're not over here trying to do something new. And like, there's so much stuff going on with baseball. I think he's the old school cat where, like we talked about earlier with these, with these managers that are in right now, is he's going to let you be you, but get the best out of what you are. And I think that's, that's Drew Christo. I, I think there's more in there. Mm -hmm. I definitely think there's more in there. And I think he believes it. Do I know? And, and, and we'll, we'll obviously get more in, embedded in this with talking to Rob and, and, and Will and those things. But I, I just think it's it's such a great, great fit with some of these kids that have been there before that are going to get more than what they really thought. they Like, I never thought. I mean, I was three and five with a 5-2 ERA in Division two. I go work with Rob, and I'm, I'm 10 and two with a two, and I'm an All-American, and we go to College World Series. A little bit different. Tell me about the confidence before we, we dive into some other baseball thoughts. Was it was, I mean, the, the talent, you, you had the talent, but was it was it completely confidence related? Is that what you could point 
two from that jump? Um, that shit, I don't know. I mean, I didn't pitch very much, so I didn't know. I went to Carney, and you know, I will give credit to Marcus Clapp. Marcus Clapp is now the uh, the head coach of, I think it's Northeast Community College in Norfolk, mm-hmm. and he's done a great job. Um, I think he started it because it, it, it was the mentality of like, hey, you're going to do this and, and that. And, you know, I was a fat kid from the north side of Lincoln. I didn't like to run. That, that shit sucked. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. It like, still that does. Terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> and so he made me run, and I, and I did. And I, I think he instilled that in me, and that was part of the process. And it was, it was just Rob in the aspect of what it was. You know, I'll never forget. It was, we went to Hawaii, and I pitched, and I did okay, not great. And then we go to Houston, and I pitch against New Mexico State. I win National Pitcher of the, the Week, blah, blah, blah. Then we go back to Texas, and we're playing Rice. And Rice is absolute fucking anomaly. Mm-hmm. And I'm pitching against Joe Saber, who's supposed to be a top five pick. And Rob comes and goes, you got this game. I'm like, and that's where it started. Like he didn't, didn't, he just said, you got this game. Didn't say anything else. Not, we didn't talk about it. We didn't say anything. And that's when I like realized, I was like, you have the confidence in me to start against Rice at Rice against Wayne Graham. All right, I guess, I guess we're going to, we're going to go, I guess. Like, here we go. And then the rest is history. And then he left me. He went to Texas A&M, asshole. <laughs> He's back, though. He's back. So we're good. We're good. It's Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, triple play, your baseball pod with Herd at Sports. And I love hearing the, the Rob Childress, not only backstory with you, but just his impact. Guys, uh, Jabba, you've been at the majors for a lot of years and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side of the fence you're on, or if you have uh, a daughter, that's a Swifty, what's been beating everyone over the head is <laughs> Travis Kelsey and, and, and Taylor Swift. So I want to know what's, what's the most famous significant other, a teammate of yours has had. Man, you, you get to get you get together after a ball game, or there's some there's some camaraderie going on. You go have a drink or go for dinner. I mean, and it's New York, man. So there's there's a lot of stars that are out. So I, I've I've wondered. I mean, kind of relating it back to what's sweeping. It's either been Dion or it's been uh, <laughs> Travis and Taylor. It's. I mean, I had, I had some really good teammates. Let's just put it that way. Um, I know. But- and they and they they had uh, a lot of comparable star power that they were, that was on their arm. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, you you look at it like I said, just just a fat kid from fucking North Side of Lincoln, and it's like <laughs> you're literally lifting, and next thing you know, you look next to you, and you're like, oh, what am I doing? Like, wh- where am I? And it's you know with you know Derek. 
and Alex and, you know, with, you know, Kate Hudson and, and you know, people, Minka Kelly. And you're just like, I've seen you guys on TV and like, you never think it's real. Like, oh, you're, yeah, you're a person. I get it. But I, it's, I mean, it's crazy to think like, you know, when it was <laughs> in 2001, we won, mm-hmm. you know, it's that year we were walking out. I had two buddies from here and Goldie Hawn and Russell are just, he's, he's burning a heater down. Hates parents, and it's just like it was. No, I mean, it's stupid to say because it felt normal. I guess. Sure. No, I get it. And I was like, no, like, I was driving home, and yes, we do drive in New York, people. Yes, we do drive. But I'm like, hold on, that was, that was Kurt Russell and. Goldie Hawn, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Kate is dating Alex. Well, like, that's, that's, that's Rudy from Used Cars. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going way back with one of his early roles, but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's it's crazy. And But the coolest part about him is he was he's a huge, like, there's a great story about his dad. He owned a minor league baseball team. Because he and was going to be a major league player, wasn't he, Kurt Russell? Yeah, he, I mean, he's literally, he's a great baseball mind, like, but he can burn down them stakes. I mean, he <laughs> gets after those. Is he a marble <laughs> red guy? I, I didn't see what it was. I just I, I just walked out, and he was burning them bitches down. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen The Battered Bastards of Baseball, it's a documentary. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Maybe it's on Netflix as well. It's about that minor league team that Kurt Russell's dad owned. Right. Super, super good documentary. If you guys remember the baseball documentary. It's really good. Listening, highly yeah. recommend The Battered Bastards of Baseball. My roommates, they aren't into baseball, but they really like that documentary. Because, oh, hey, look, it's Kurt Russell. And uh, some really, really good behind-the-scenes stories there of, of Kurt's history with baseball. We'll uh, end this uh, episode one of Triple Play, Jabba Chamberlain, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, with an off-topic topic, so to speak, but ballpark food. Yeah, and- we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and keep everybody interested with some dumb shit. <laughs> so what's what's dude? What's what's the go-to at the ballpark? And with me, it was always I always wanted. Just give me a freaking hot dog. I love hot dogs. But as I got to, to being a dad, I would, I would not get that 30th hot dog. I'm kidding with the amount. But I always had to buy Junior, those goddamn frozen strawberries on a stick with chocolate that cost 400 bucks. That was his thing. Every time I go to a ball game, he still gets them. They're on the kebab uh, spikes. They're... I don't know, about a foot long. They're expensive as hell. They melt. It looks like a chocolate balloon blew up on his <laughs> pants. But he, but he'd always crush him. So that was his thing. So I got to say, the strawberry or the frozen fruit on a stick with chocolate. That's what Junior always shook me down for, and always still shakes me down for. That's the ballpark food that I think of. Okay, question is, and I want our listeners to answer this as well. What is the right condiment for a hot dog? What do you put on your hot dog? It's mustard and relish. Elijah? 
Mustard Don't and ask sauerkraut. this guy. <laughs> mustard and sauerkraut is like the traditional, but like if you're giving me all the condiment options, I'm going nacho cheese. He does it too, man. You should have seen the look in Java's eyes there whenever I said nacho cheese. That was a look of disappointment that I haven't seen in a Western long time. Nebraska, the keg is emptied by Elijah with that nacho cheese on top of his two dogs as we're driving back from Boulder. And he's just proud as a peacock rocking it, and he hammers it. Speaking of I go fat ass from North Lincoln, I'm sounding like a giant fat ass right now going hot dogs and nacho cheese. <laughs> You, you just I, you, you go playing. If I'm going full like at a game, I'm going old school nachos with jalapenos. Okay, Ooh. those are good. You going that, helmet nachos, helmet nachos, or just plate of nachos? Well, it doesn't matter. And and I I will say, being a fat kid growing up and understanding it, a Frito pie at a game it's different. It's different. Mm. It's a good call. The Frito pie is a solid take. <laughs> I'm kind of boring with just the hot dog and the fruit on a stick. Uh, I think, bless his soul, I miss him daily. I think Dad probably, uh, he got after Miller Lite in the third deck one year in the mid-80s, got after the Miller Lights, and uh, just had a hell of a good time. It's a thousand percent humidity. We're down at a Royals game. The Yankees are playing. There's there's Dave Winfield. There's there's Don Mattingly, uh, and, uh, and and then there's Bo Jackson. And it was just awesome every year. Go see the Yanks, right? Mattingly and company. And there's Bo Jackson, or Dad's sitting up there, and I don't know. He's nuts. He sat with us. He started the he started the the game with us, and then he drift over. <laughs> someone else in a different section. He just had a hell of a good time at ballparks and just crushing probably at that time, $6 Miller lights draws. Get it in your calendar guys. Next summer, us three, we need to hit a ballpark and we need to try to hit the nine dog, nine beer challenge. Oh, nine nine hot dogs, nine beers. I've heard it's next to impossible with the new pitch clock rules. I think one of us three can do it. I can get dogs. I will say Carter. Carter's going to hate me for this, and obviously Carter will be on our show. But Carter, when he was younger, was a huge cotton candy guy. That's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, completely. No, cotton candy. Huge right cotton candy guy. He's going to hate me for that, which is fine. I don't care. Um, he can't beat me up yet, so we're, we're good. <laughs> hey, Triple Play, love this first episode. Subscribe to it uh, and find it with all of your – Podcast platforms with Hurt at Sports, Triple Play, Jabba Chamberlain, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We'll be back at you next week talking more Major League Baseball postseason here on Hurt at Sports.